Welcome back, guys. Thank you for joining me again. This is Alex's Firearms Digest. I'm your host and the best coast, Alex. And, uh, well, let's catch up with the week, right? Uh, Black Friday sucked. I think for anybody that was really interested in purchasing uh, some high-end Tier 1 operating gear or some Gucci brands, it probably sucked a lot because there wasn't a lot of good deals out there. Uh, truth be told, I, I had better luck finding things on the used market for like relatively cheap. Probably like about, I don't know, 80% off <coughs> at most. Sorry about that, guys. Um, but yeah, you know, it was actually pretty affordable this year, uh, when it came on the used market. Um, and it's funny, right? Cause you know, this episode's about gear and we're talking about gear. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as it goes for like clothing, I didn't really buy much. I, I bought some new shoes for work. I also, um, purchased a new deck for my SUV because the stereo that we had was a single den so I got something a little bit more modernized hopefully it doesn't get broken into and jacked by all these fucking goons out here in California but we'll have to make do right there's nothing better than waking up some Folgers in your cup nah just kidding that shit's garbage I don't drink that I'm drinking some Starbucks Pike's Place <coughs> Oh, great. Probably going to get some backfire for that. Let me guess. You support Starbucks? Bro, they don't let you carry inside the store. The thing is that when you conceal carry, no one's supposed to know you're carrying. So none of those little hipster fucks inside Starbucks would know that I'm concealed carrying. Right? All right. That ends that discussion. <clears throat> so how was it, guys? How, how was Thanksgiving for you guys? <clears throat> Was it good? Did anybody go to jail? Did you guys end up killing each other? You know, those are things that I'm really interested in finding out. You know, and there's no way I can't find out if you guys don't interact with me. Now, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys want me to put up a, some sort of social media page. Uh, I've been thinking about it. But the fact is that if I do, you guys are not going to like it because you guys are never going to know who I am. Unless you know me personally. But yeah. You know, and that'd be cool. You know, I, I think I'd be able to interact with all of you through like some sort of uh, social media page. But I'm giving it a lot of thought. Also, I would like to interact with some sponsors. That'd be great. But uh, I think it's been proven already that uh, I don't have any. And no one supports the podcast. So besides a few listeners here and there. Oh, Brand new, this past episode, uh, I saw that somebody in the Midwest actually is listening to this podcast and they have listened to all three episodes. Whoever that one person might be out there in the middle of America, thank you for supporting the podcast. I appreciate you tuning in, listening in. Hopefully you'll be tuning into this episode as well and uh, you keep enjoying the show. Everybody else out there, I have gotten some new friends throughout the world and uh, out in Germany. Hope you're listening to my podcast. If it does inspire you, please don't let it inspire you into reviving the fourth right. Because uh, I'm not about that shit. But yeah, so let's get let's just jump straight into this podcast. Let's let's start talking about it, right? 
in the recent year, almost three quarters of it, you know, so a year and three quarters for 18 months for all of you smart asses out there, a lot more Americans decided to become gun owners and tactical operators. This was due to the upcoming 20 election, right, which we lost, and uh, COVID-19, which was made in China, and the societal climate that this country found themselves in. It was literally scary stuff for some of us, right? And for a lot of us to find ourselves among this pandemic, the rioting, and the fact that if Biden won the election, the AFT might be storming your front yard, shooting Fido, and taking away all your guns. It was a time of uncertainty, and many Americans ordered locks instead of locks, cigs instead of figs, and desert eagles to protect their beloved beagles from the goons at their local AFT office and BLM chapter. But something that true Second Amendment believers did not buy or did buy that the posers didn't was gear. At this point, many like-minded individuals like myself found ourselves being asked questions of terms what to get in gear, like, what helmet should I buy? Is this brand really owned by veterans? Why didn't my AR-500 ceramic place stop the 223 round? And where do babies come from? In this episode, you can already assume the topic of discussion, it's gear, but you also find the answer to the other questions that you might have had. Let's start going in order. I'll probably, let's start, let's do head to toe, right? And this is probably one of the most in-depth episodes that I'll be having. But before I begin, disclaimer, I need to throw this out because I don't want someone out there doing this and then I get blamed for it, right? Is any type of armor is illegal to own by felons or those deemed by their state laws as forbidden individuals from owning it. I, Alex, do not endorse in any way, shape, method, or form any illegal activities. This is merely educational and informational. Thank you. You have to throw it in there, otherwise the AFT goons are going to take you down. <clears throat> so let's start like with headgear, right? Uh, and that means like your helmets, hats, uh, mask, whatever you're going to put on your head, it's going to be covered in this part of the episode. Um, so everyone wants to look like, you know, Navy SEALs, SAS, Special Air Service from England, Gut Rat Might, Alpha Group, Delta Force, or Delta Farce, and and your typical LARPerators, right? Uh, the sad truth to this is that many of us, including myself, I'm not leaving everybody, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect, uh, we're not in shape, like, all the way, you know? We're, we either lack somewhere, either physically or mentally or both, and for a lot of you guys, your shooting skills are all garbage. Truth be told, not many of us are even at the infantry level, yet we still want to carry what the professionals do, and I get that. We want to look cool, you know? We want to have those cool high-cut helmets with strobes, cameras, night vision goggles, and those awesome morale patches. Or the lame ones that a lot of you guys have, like coffee and guns. But you can't have any of that without rocking those 3M Peltors or Sorgans. And then you got to rock your Oakleys or ESS eyewear. And of course, you got to cover your face, right? Otherwise, they can't know who you are. You gotta rock those balaclavas and those hat masks. Well, let's talk about it. 
So there's primarily two types of helmets. In reality, there are many types of helmets, but there's only two, and of the of your bump helmets, there's a bunch of them. Like uh, you know, they they come in all shapes and sizes, honey. It's like almost like if you're looking at a penis, you know. Um, but I mean, it's obvious unless you're like mentally retarded, you should already be able to tell that. Um, Ballistic helmets are primarily to protect the wearer, typically from small arms fire and shrapnel. Um, in some cases, they do protect you from like a large caliber round, but it's a really rare occurrence. Because uh, I think even 308s eat through those Kevlars like butter. So, yeah. Um, they come in a wide variety of designs um, from an endless amount of manufacturers. And they're usually classified by their cut, meaning that. Um, you have your low cut or your full cut, I should say, sorry, which is the one that comes all the way around your ears. So if you look at like an MSA Mitch or your Gentex Mitch, those are generally full cut helmets. Um, if you look at your mid cut or your Mitch, I think it's the 2002 model that came out from MSA. It's the one that comes up like halfway through your ear. Doesn't cover your ear completely, but it comes up to halfway around your ear and it goes all the way around. Um, that's your mid cut. And then you have your high cut, which is what everybody's wearing nowadays. It's the actual one that doesn't have any ear coverings on the side. Your peltors fit nice and snug in there. That's what covers your ear, right? It's your peltors. And then we have the super high cuts which those are a little bit higher in the cut on the side of the ears, but you know, you still rock your peltors. Um, and that's it. There's a bunch of manufacturers that make them. Um, I personally though, and so, and I should have said this in the very beginning, forgive me. But one thing I want all my listeners to know is that I personally will never sell you any crap that I personally don't use. Or that I personally don't see as valid. You get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to be these losers on YouTube or on all these other uh, social media pages or podcasters that are like, buy this item. I use it all the time. It's safe life defense. And in reality, you go into their house and they don't have anything from there. I mean, they might have like one camera or so, or they might have a battle belt. But the battle bell is like hung up on the wall, all dusty with cobwebs and shit. And we all know they don't use it. You know, for me, I, I come out here or I'm coming through these sound waves to you guys, to your domes by telling you that I only recommend high-end gear or gear brands that I trust. You get what I'm saying? It's For me, it's always been quality over quantity. And as I stated in episode three, I don't really care for the fact that an AR that I built is only worth a quarter of my optic. You get what I'm saying? Like I'm using things that are going to be reliable. Uh, and here's a disclaimer, my <laughs> the AR that was worth a quarter of my optic is no longer in use. I actually dismantled it and got rid of all the parts and I just kept my lower receiver and I built a brand new receiver, brand new upper. And I'll get into that into um 
the communist special, Sergei Builds an AR in the Motherland. And that'll be coming up shortly, but um, yeah, it's all high-end parts now, you know, I'm using Colt, Daniel Defense, uh, KAC. So yeah, I'm spend, I spend a pretty penny on my AR and I have the optic that I spend a pretty penny on to match that, you know? But we'll get into that. I mean, we'll, we'll do a whole discussion about that in another episode. But the point is that you guys should never think that I'm going to try to give you brands that are garbage. You get what I'm saying? I'm giving you brands that are actually being used by the military, that are made for the military, and civilian or police use, and are accessible to the civilian market on the used market. You know? So that's what I'm trying to get at. So if I don't mention your pathetic brand that you bought, because you thought it was a super great deal, do not get pissed off at me. I am not going to sell you some Chinese piece of shit for you to wear and it, have it fail you on the field. You get what I'm saying? So, going back, so for the helmets that I use, I personally have an Ops Core high cut and I have a Gentex high cut. The problem with that is that they're the same company, so all I have is Ops Core. I have owned MSA. And I have owned some revision. And for my boys out there that are in the military, especially in the USMC, I use, I also have owned some of your 3M Ceradines. So besides the brands that I just mentioned, you also have MTech USA and you have Cry Precision. Those are, and of course, okay, okay. So everybody, please don't hate me for this. I don't want to hear your stupid comment. I don't care what you think of the company. I really don't give a shit. Like I said, I'm only offering you guys brands that are actually highly rated. You get what I'm saying? These are brands that are used by the military on a global scale. Not just the U.S. military, but military units across the globe. So, the last brand is Team Wendy. And, like I said, I know there's other brands like HHV. Um, I think Safelight started making some. Or safe line, whatever the fuck they're called. Uh, there's, uh, there's like a brand that makes a copy of the Cry airframe, which I don't understand why Cry hasn't sued the shit out of them. But look, if it's not the brands that I just mentioned, don't buy them. All right, if it's HHV, I've heard hundreds of reviews that people say they're garbage. I'm not gonna support them just because they're a veteran brand. That's like being a douchebag and supporting a black rifle company. You get what I'm saying? And I know I'm probably, I hurt a lot of you guys' butts right now. I know your buttholes are sore. I just don't support BRC. I'm sorry. I've never liked them. Even way before the whole Kyle Rittenhouse thing uh, broke out, I've never liked BRC. I understand they do some great things. Good for them. Personally, they just don't fit my vibe. I get weird vibes when I see the guy come on board and he's talking all this stuff. I just get weird vibes from him, you know? And if I get weird vibes from you, I'm not going to support you. That's all there is to it, you know? Um, who else? Uh, I'm trying, there's a, there was a brand that my friend has. And I don't want to call him right now because it's fucking three in the morning out here. Um, but it's a, it's, Brand that recertified his Ceradyne helmet, and I can't remember what the brand is. But the point is, this they recertified the shell somehow, and the inner layer of the shell, meaning where your pads go, that shit started like 
splintering. So, yeah, we're, yeah. Um, so if I ever do get the name, even if it's throughout the episode or if I get somebody later on through one of the episodes on it, we'll reflect on that, all right? We'll just leave it like that. I'm not going to fucking kill myself here. Um, so yeah, um, bump helmets for the most part, they're not ballistic, right? These are just regular, like skate helmets. You can say they're made a little bit more durable than your average skate helmet, but the benefits of them between the ballistics and the, and these is the fact that they're super lightweight. They're usually inexpensive and for the most part, they're ventilated. Um, they'll only protect you from like heart impacts against like a hard surface uh, such as rock and boulders uh, they also protect you um, from airsoft BBs you know or paintballs you're not you're not gonna die you know it's not gonna hurt um, for all you LARPers out there uh, they're commonly used by paratroopers airsofters LARPer Raiders on a budget pilots special operation units throughout the world um, is there a difference between all of them? Of course, they all come in different shapes and sizes. Uh, as far as it goes with the bump helmets, they don't make them like in the full cut to the high cut. They're all usually high cut helmets, but you have different companies that make them. So, um, I sort of have, excuse me, I sort of shot myself in the foot now, um, because I used to have a, a Protec Bravo. And it was their, it was Protect's military issued bump helmet. I gave it to my cousin because he loves kayaking and shit. So I didn't see any value at it back in the time, you know. And it wasn't until Ops Corps uh, released the first gen of their first bump helmet. And I was like, you know, I was just like hating myself for some reason. I was like, damn, I'm like, I'm a idiot, you know. I can't believe I sold that. And yeah. It was just like great. But yeah. So if you guys can find the Protect Bravos, you guys can usually find them on eBay for like about. And, and I'm sorry, but Lucas Bakken's really fucked up the market for you guys because. Uh, if it wasn't me saying it, like if it was me to say it, telling you guys right now about the used market on eBay that you can actually buy a bunch of tactical gear for really cheap, it still would have been cheap. But then Lucas Bakken's made a fucking YouTube video about it and he's like, yeah, I'm helping out the community, you know, you guys can usually afford this. I got this Eagle Industries. And then the fucking prices just skyrocketed overnight for, by like 60%, you know. And everybody's like, no, dude, it's not just that. It's also no. It's because Bakken's made the fucking video, and I can tell you that because I bought a Eagle Industries MMAC in Coyote Brown, right? Not AOR one, which everyone is raping your wallets for, but in Coyote Brown, and I could usually get those at any given point for around two hundred bucks, right? That included shipping and taxes. Bakken's made a fucking video, and now you're. MMAC arrows, right? The exact same play carriers that I bought, I used to buy for two hundred bucks. Are now being sold for like four hundred dollars, or like three fifty to four hundred dollars. You see how quickly that just shot up. Um, but yeah, so he also started talking about the Protect Bravos 
Um, and the only reason why I can tell you this is because I had some guy email me or they shot me a message through a social media site asking me about my Protect Bravo project that I had first started. So this helmet that I created or this helmet that I gave to my cousin, I actually started implementing certain things to it. And I'm, and I'm going to do the exact same thing. If I do end up shooting up social media or firing it up, you guys will see this uh, bump helmet that I'm making. But it does involve the Protect shell. It's not the Bravo shell. It might be the Alpha or it might be the Classic. And I might even do a full cut. But the only reason why I really am not considering the full cut is because, once again, I need those ears open. So I need to bring in my Peltors into play. You get what I'm saying? But we'll start, we'll, we'll get into that later on. So some of your bump helmet brands that you can actually trust are like Opscore, um, Team Wendy, uh, MTech USA. You know? Uh, you also have like, the there's only difference between those is some of them are carbon and people get all wet over it. They're like, oh my God, it's carbon, bro. I can't tell you that because the carbon prices for both Team Wendy and Opscores are ridiculously expensive. And I would rather have that money go towards like an airframe ATX version than buying a $900 carbon fiber helmet for my head. You get what I'm saying? Um, a lot of the popular ones are also the first generation Opscore bump helmets. Those came with the skeletonized shroud. A lot of people are looking for them. Um, if you guys are able to find one, go ahead and buy it because trust me, I much rather have the Gen ones than have the Gen twos. Uh, just because the Gen twos have an have like an integrated actual night vision shroud, and I'd rather just be able to like throw in my Wilcox in there, so I can just go with a Gen one. It also looks a lot like your carbon fiber one. <clears throat> And you might as well just get the carbon fiber, you know, or might as well just get the bump, regular Gen 1 bump helmet and buy a carbon fiber. It's ventilated and so on. But yeah, um, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue on the headgear portion of this and then uh, we'll also continue on everything else. We got a lot to cover, guys, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back. Welcome. Uh, so, as we were previously discussing head here, uh, we'll just continue on it. So, if you don't want to wear a helmet, that's fine. You know, I get it. Sometimes your wife will make fun of you, you know, and that's normal. You know, your significant other, your kids are probably clowning on you, or maybe your wife's boyfriend, you know, they're just making fun of you as you're LARPing around the house. <coughs> but, at the same time, <laughs> you can't really say, I don't have to train in my house. You have to train in your house, right? And that's another discussion. Like I said, that's between you and your significant other, your wife, your uh, partner, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, um, you can just wear a cool hat. You know, you don't, it doesn't have to be tactical or political. Or have some Till Van Halen slogan when we know you're not even part of the old Norse religion, but you're more Catholic, you know, you're Catholic or Christian or whatever. 
Um, just a regular blank hat will suffice this. If you want to wear a boonie, wear a beanie, or a boonie, or a cowboy hat, or if you want to wear a Russian hat because you live in California like I do, cool. Just wear something to cover your head from the sun when you're shooting outside. You know, also, if you have like medium length hair, you don't want your hair getting in the way, right? You don't want to have like a, your front bangs or whatever covering your eyes or your field of vision when you have to engage a target or you're engaging those paper targets that you put the picture of somebody you hate, which of course is illegal and I would never do such a thing unless it's Osama Bin Laden. But yeah. Um, if you're asking, are those your dogs in the background? Yes, and they're pissed off. I don't know why, but they're mad. So yeah. Um, if you're going to be buying some cool shooting glasses, uh, one thing you guys need to consider, and I will always preach this, is that you make sure they're part of the, uh, they actually meet the ANSI Z as in Zulu 87.1 safety standard. And that's a US safety eyewear standard that a lot of these ballistic glasses have to meet. And that's what you want because you don't want, say, a piece of shrapnel. Uh, for some reason, you guys are out there shooting propane tanks and you forgot that one of them actually still has a lot of propane in it. And it blows up and you don't want that metal shrapnel to go right through your lens into your eyeball. And now you're blind, right? Or you're looking like Pliskin Snake in, uh, in Escape from L.A., which is slowly starting to become an actual reality here in L.A. I'm sorry to say it, but it is starting to become an actual reality especially with all these stupid laws. But I'm going off subject, okay? Um, that's what you want. That's what you want in your eyewear. You want to be able to be protected from any type of hits, rocks, paintballs, airsofts, BBs, and all that junk. Um, I personally rock pit vipers because I like looking like macho, like the you know indigenous version of Macho Man Randy Savage or you know some Oakleys because I get, them, I get cool discounts with them. I'm part of the Oakley program. Thank you, Oakley. You guys rock. And if I'm in riding in the Coupe de Ville, I have my Lokes on and I'm shooting out the window at LARPers that are in the park playing medieval roleplay. Uh, of course, I don't shoot them with real bullets. I shoot them with BBs because it's part of LARPing, you know. I'm LARPing like I'm living in East L.A. And if you live in East L.A., you know gang life is part of it. Am I a gangbanger? No, I'm not. But once again, live action roleplay. Um, just kidding prosecutors of the region do not come after me I don't do any of that I'm just this is all for entertainment purposes can't get around these days with all these fucking sensitives in the fucking block right anyways yeah so you gotta make sure your eyewear is up to par um, as far as it goes for like balaclavas and gaiters and half masks that's on you you know I personally just put on a black strainer on my head and then I put like one of my PS one of my PlayStation buttons shapes on it and I wear a red jumpsuit and I carry a MP5 that's what I like to do but hey if you want to look like Salvador Dali if you want to look like Guy Fox from Anonymous that's on you man that's that's all your personal taste you know but what I really think that comes in with some of that BD energy is a, a good old burlap sack that's like straight up some serial killer vibes right there like if some guy came at me with a burlap sack I probably shit myself first and then I probably open fire but like I said 
you want to wear that wear that because um, people wearing those uh, glow-in-the-dark or lighted LED light uh, purge mask you really don't scare me I see that and I'm like great this guy is just another social media influencer that needs to get a, a nice little lead vaccine but yeah um, it's really short on what I have to say on that because uh, I'm not going to tell you what to wear. You know, I can only suggest it and I can give you guys pointers, but that's about it. I'm not going to be there being your mom saying, you have to look good for church. That's not me. All right. Um, if you want to run around in just fucking flip-flops, cargo shorts, and a polo, hey, power to you, bro. If you step on some hypodermic needle in the suburbs of L.A. or in the urban dwellings of L.A., that's on you. Have fun getting checked for AIDS for the next seven years. Um, for tops, well, look, so if we're going to go into like the personal clothing and then we're going to go into like range clothing or military clothing, military fatigues and all that, there's, there has to be two different sections. And this is only, this is why I'm telling you guys that this is going to be the longest episode you guys are listening on for this actual podcast season, season one. Um, We're going right. Let's just keep going as we're going into like the whole shooting range, slash military fatigue, slash civil unrest bullshit, right? So, for the tops, I really just wear blanks. You get what I'm saying? I wear blanks or I wear some random brands that you find at Costco because I used to be young and hip and I used to shop at like hip places, and now I'm a family man and I find myself shopping at Costco, which is sad, but. You know, who cares? They have good prices, you know. Where are you going to get Levi's for $30? When nowadays I go to like JCPenney or I go to like Macy's or the Levi's store, even at the Levi's outlets, it's supposed to be outlets. You're supposed to be saving money, but they're all like about $70. And I'm like, fuck. That's why Goodfellow sponsor me, Goodfellow. Uh, that's why I find myself using their jeans. Or the Denison's. I'm never gonna use Wranglers because that's like super dad vibes, and I'm currently not there yet, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm dog dad vibes, but not actual dad vibes. Um, but yeah, so I do own some Crime Precision uh, combat shirts and combat pants, the Generation Threes and Generation Twos. Um, and they're comfortable, you know. I have some frog apparel as well, uh, as well, um, and it's also comfortable, especially in the summertime. Super comfortable. And I'm being sarcastic with the frog; like it's fucking hot in those things sometimes. Especially if I'm shooting out rain, like out in the out in the open, it gets hot as fuck. Um, well, those are just some suggestions there's other brands as well if you're looking for the combat pants please do not buy any of those airsoft brands um, you're better off saving a little bit more money and buying some massive m-a-s-s-i-f and they're actually a military brand that you can purchase from on the set that's actually available to the civilian market and you can buy some combat pants that take the cry knee pads and they're about a, at a fraction of the price of cry if you guys have seen the cry combat pants or the combat shirts you're looking at like 200 to 400 dollars depending on the item 
Um, a lot of them get... I don't even know how the fuck these LARPers have money for this shit. But they sell out super quick. And they're not even being offered at the price that our service members get them at. You get what I'm saying? Um, these guys are actually spending like $500 on clothing they're going to rip through in a matter of probably a few training sessions or they're really morbidly obese and they're just going to rip them as soon as they take a squat. You know, and I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings, you know, but they bend over and all you hear is, all you hear is, uh, <coughs> there it is. That's all you hear. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, a. Uh, it's sad. Uh, another good, uh, Another good. There's other good apparel brands. You also have Patagonia that makes some. Um, Arcteryx makes some as well. Even though they already said they're not gonna be making any more military products, but Arcteryx does have some really great products. I own their Leaf Balaclava and I love it. It's super breathable. I'll be sweating up a storm and then, you know, it smells funky after, you know, training out there for a whole day in the range and then I'll just throw it like in the washer or something. Well, washer. If anything, I'll just use some of the. Uh, Thai antibacterial spray. I'll soak it up in that, let it air dry, and it's b good as new. It's the most beautiful, you know. Um, Patagonia, their combat pants are pretty reliable. For the ones that I do own, I don't really see any reason to complain about them. Uh, their breathability is like really good. Um, they dry quick if you're sweating, so you know you don't want those ass juice stains on there. Uh, <laughs> their combat shirts, I have both the BDU pattern ones or the B BDU style, and I also have the combat style, the combat shirt style ones. That both of them are actually pretty comfortable to wear. I love wearing their BDU ones in the winter time, especially because you know we're out shooting in early daylight, so that's like. We're out in the range by 5.30. We're setting up targets to so we can get an early start. And by 6, 7 o'clock, you know, it's a little bit warmer. And you still feel good in it, you know. And, of course, you have to... You also have to mention the PCU. Those jackets are worth... A, they're worth a lot now because of the whole tactical hype beast scene that has taken off... Um, and they're super comfortable. I just don't really wear them because they're worth a lot. And I don't want to rip them up. They do rip easily. I have one that's filled with barbecue stains and shit like that. That we've had out in like the, at the range. We've had like small little barbecues after shooting for a little bit. Like we'll be having some eggs with like skillets of chorizo or beef or some carne asada real quick. You know, we'll be frying up some uh, steaks. You know, so there's like uh, you know some ribs, some chicken, barbecue chicken, ooh, fire. But yes, I do have some stains from it that never came off as much as I wanted them to. Um, so that one's like primarily my range PCU that I use. Uh, so yeah, those are some of your options. Um, going into the concealed carry portion of clothing, like I said jeans a shirt and that's it and your shirt make sure it's not too tight if you guys remember episode three at the very end of it i spoke about how i saw this one person i don't know if there were there were an actual instructor from that institution or they were just a supporter of the institution but the fact that i could see their 
firearm and they were wearing it a little too tight i get that you know but at the same time it's like dude you're supposed to conceal your carrying and that's the whole point no one's supposed to know you're carrying you get what i'm saying so wear your clothing appropriately wear it in a point that it doesn't give you away that you're a firearm supporter and you carry um, because whatever is known to the public it's also known to your enemy so that would be also saying like your mass shooters they know about that they know what to look for if they're highly trained and trying to carry out their craft and like I said before you guys want to make sure that you don't give yourselves away or even give the hint that you're carrying right coming on to the whole portion of the gear for your range um, plate carriers so this is a very wise thing to get into and I think the simplest way that I can break it down to you guys is the fact that um, they have to be mission oriented so if you're gonna carry a plate carrier on you in the event of like mass hysteria social climate went to shit and we're not finding ourselves amidst civil war you guys really have to know what you're carrying and for what reason you're carrying you know uh, for example well for me um, I own a few so I spoke about the Eagle MM or the Eagle Industries MMAC arrow that I own that one is I just own it in Coyote Brown because I need something variant for arid areas right uh, I also own a cry JPC 1.0 in multicam and that one has now been like gutted and modified so I can run like zip panels on it from the 2.0 I can run my uh, actual spiritus rig I can just detach it from the actual chest rig and make it into an actual plate carrier rig or a placard so I can hook it up to my JPC um, and then I also have like a bunch of med gear that I'll get into in another episode we I am scheduling to talk about um, medicine in a shooting scenario because a lot of people have been watching YouTube and running things from all these guys and honestly like it doesn't really change much it's just giving you guys my own personal uh, perspective things that I've learned from these combat experience guys not from paramedics that have never been in a fucking mass shooting and they're trying to act like they're all hardcore TEMS guys like dude yeah, no um, so yeah and then I also do own a feral concepts uh, plate carrier the version 5 or also known as the FCPCV5 that one I own in a multi-can as well I have I have the hydration back panel and I also have attached to that is my banger the banger uh, back panel to it as well I also carry a front placard I actually uh, I ended up adopting AOR1 placards and also a little pouch in the front for my admin pouch uh, because in the areas that I've had to go to when it was during the rioting that we had to provide like some sort of support to a friend's business because there was a lot of looting going around in, this, in near his area um, 
the area is very somewhat wooded and arid so it's like that borderline with the two terrains combining you know they sort of meet up and they combine each other so you have uh, very dry vegetation you have a lot of vegetation but it's also kind of arid so to make that I made like a clusterfuck of uh, AOR1 AOR and multicam so that's what it is uh, but it's all mission specific you know for me it's to carry my radio uh, which we will get into another episode. I will not be covering anything about radios in this episode. Uh, there's some, and I'll just cover it right now, real quick. There's some brands that you can trust, which is Motorola, Kenwood, and Beofang. I understand Beofang is considered to be some type of cheap Chinese crap, but honestly, for you guys that are barely starting to get into it, that are trying to build like a team based radio communication course, a Beofang is not a bad option. It's something to get your feet wet, something to get you guys going and moving you get what I'm saying um, later on you guys can move on to your Motorola's you can move on to your Kenwood's uh, and then you guys can also start going into the actual military radio hardware which gets really expensive like I'm not even kidding you guys if I told you guys how much my Motorola handset cost you guys would not believe me it was like a close to $1,700 that's fucking expensive right and then I sold it because <laughs> I don't have anyone to LARP around with. So, yeah. Um, besides the guys that I train with, that's it, you know. But other than that, the majority of my other friends that own guns and colleagues that own firearms, they're all just like the type of people that I'm trying to educate and get their minds open. So, I just sold it. I have a Beofang, and it's cool. I like it. I enjoy it. I no complaints about it. If it breaks, I don't give a fuck. It's a $48 fix. It's called Give Me a New One. And that's it you know um, but like I said to get your feet wet into it go for it do it uh, so I carry on my placard uh, let's go with the Spiritus right so the, my Spiritus chest rig the MK4 or the micro fight it's pretty simple it comes with a three uh, mag retainer on the next pocket I have my two pistol my two pistol magazine retainers and then I have another pouch where I put in like my multi kit or my multi tool kit uh, some chem lights and then I have a pocket and then I also have a pocket where I keep some batteries uh, duct tape a pen and a actual paper or not paper a notebook I understand all you guys want to buy field notes uh, those field notes and notebooks and I'm actually grabbing you guys are hearing rummaging I'm actually grabbing mine right now um, they're 48 pages and they're small little memo books and quite frankly they're super cool man I enjoyed mine I have mine filled up with some like notes from the shooting ranges that I'll review on here like some certain notes on my accuracy how my first target went what do I need to improve on and stuff like that you know you can hear there it is um, so yeah it's always good to carry a, a notebook a little memo pad because you want to write down certain things that might happen you know in case uh, say there's like a shooting at the shooting range you can document the patient you treated this is all to cover you under good Samaritan loss so on and so forth you know uh, but yeah and then I have a dangler or a sack as they call it in spiritus uh, 
where I keep more medical equipment. I have an IFAC on my belt. I also have a secondary IFAC that I carry on the side of my chest of my plate carrier. And then I have the dangler, which has more medical items. Um, those medical items can range from your uh, chest seals, gloves, sterile gloves. I always use sterile gloves. Um, what else? If you're not trained, don't carry any item that you're never medically trained on because Good Samaritan laws only go so far before the lawsuit comes through. You get what I'm saying? The last thing you want to do is uh, be an Antifa medic that you end up, I don't know, putting a cat around the neck. At that point, you're pretty much fucked. Like, you're super fucked. <coughs> you know? That bad. Um, but yeah. Um, for, your, for my back panel... I carry more medical gear in there. Like that's the heavy shit gear. Like we're gonna go nasal, and we're gonna do a needle decompression on your chest. Uh, yeah, it gets pretty hectic. And I might also carry like a few things here and there that I'm not gonna talk about in the podcast. Uh, a few tricks up my sleeve in case we were to get ambushed or something like that. Especially when you're out in BLM lands, uh, you have to realize that a lot of BLM lands. There's a lot of bums that go out there, and there's a lot of people with bad intentions that go out there. So you always got to be ready. Um, like in B Canyon out in Hemet, people have gotten their rifles stolen at gunpoint. While they're setting up targets, people creep up on them and hold them at gunpoint and then dip with their firearms. So yeah, you got to be very, very careful in this state, especially with all these laws. Um, so that's as far as it goes with your plate carriers. Uh, micro chest rigs, uh, Haley Strategic and Spirit Assistance are some of the best ones that I recommend. Uh, I know Feral Concepts just came out with the Dope and that one, I haven't seen it myself being used anywhere. None of my buddies own it, I don't own it. Uh, apparently the reviews are phenomenal on it. It's a very multi-role chest rig that you can also mount onto your FCPCV5 or your Slickster and you can run with that. Um, once again, if you guys need any brands that I will personally recommend to you guys is Cry Precision LBT. Um, the 1694 series is one of the ones that I started out with. They're super comfortable. Um, super, they're super, uh, super comfortable in the wintertime. In the summertime, they're freaking hot, and I would not wear one. That's what led to me buying the JPC was because I got tired of taking it off, and I'm like covered in sweat in the shape of the actual chest or of the plate carrier, you know. And it's not like oh, little sweat drops here and there. No, it's like the whole plate carrier is the sweat print on my shirt, and it was just gross feeling that all the time. So I bought a JPC, and that was a little bit better. Um, Trust me, I'd rather be showing the plate size or the plate bags than showing the whole actual plate carrier on my shirt. Um, so yeah, LBT, Eagle Industries, super great to find. If you can find them used and find them at an affordable price, I would purchase one. Um, Feral Concepts. Haley Strategic is about to come out with the Thorax uh, as of December 1st. It still hasn't been released. I'm not sure when it will be released, but I'm looking forward to that. I might actually purchase that in black because I do need a black um, plate carrier. And, you know, it wouldn't be hard for me to trade my 
DC3 or my micro rig for a black one so yeah um, we'll see and if I do get it I'll probably review it on here uh, or someone from Haley Strategic is listening to this podcast feel free to sponsor me <laughs> uh, but yeah is there anybody that I'm forgetting Spiritus System does not only sell micro chests they also sell actual plate carriers you guys might want to look into them as well it's uh the LV119 I believe it's the one they sell and a lot of people like it and a lot of people rock it there's uh, police officers that rock it speaking of which I just saw a police officer with the mini dangler I never thought I would see that and you know I hit him up on it and we started chopping it up real quick about barrel concepts and how great they are um, one thing I will say though is that if you want to purchase anything in the Navy SEAL camouflage, which is like AOR2, AOR1, Feral Concepts will not sell it to you. If you find it in the market, you will find it for your whole life savings getting raped. Okay? They're like about 6, 7 Gs I've seen them go up for, and I think it's freaking ridiculous. Um, same thing for Eagle Industries. They have a lot of AOR1s that are out available to the public on eBay or throughout forums and whatnot you're gonna be paying a pretty dime for those as well uh, you're looking probably like around seven to eight hundred dollars I seen some of them go up for like about sixteen hundred JPCs anything cry related uh, to start with the AVS is super expensive um, and it's really comparable to the FCPC uh, from the ones that I've worn and I love my FCPC better not only because of the price but because it's I feel like it's a lot more comfortable um, but if you're looking for anything cry related in multi-cam black arid or tropic you're gonna be paying a big time upsell charge on it you would have to contact cry yourselves to get it for a better price than like 1800 to $2,200 but you know you would have to wait as well and there is a back production log on everything because of COVID thanks to China and that's what we're finding ourselves in right now currently especially in the nylon world uh, jumping on to your hearing protection I would if you're just going to be LARPing around the range it doesn't matter what you pick you know uh, I would suggest something that's passive hearing so uh, or active hearing it would be electronics so champion peltor um, power lights those are all great for the range if we're starting to get into something where you want to be able to have a more difference in between your loud sounds and your low volume sounds like for example a conversation in a vent shot you're looking at MSA Sordens, the Supremes X, if you don't want to jump into like a higher price range. Uh, TCI Liberators, uh, you can find them on Safari Land's website. Also, uh, your Peltors, uh, the Six S's, those are like probably the most affordable ones that I've seen that comparison with like the Supreme Pros X. So. Those are some models you can look at. If we're getting into communication now, you might want to look at your TCI Liberators, your MSA Sordens, and your Peltor Contacts. Uh, but out of all of them, 
the actual gold standard is your Peltor Contacts. I have the Peltor Contacts 2, Peltor Contacts 3, and I know they're right now at like the 5 or the 6, but I honestly don't see the benefit in uh, going up and spending more money on them when I already have some Peltors. I also have the 6s, um, they're pretty cool, super affordable, you're looking about eight, 80 bucks or maybe like a hundred bucks at most now but they're great I honestly wouldn't I wouldn't buy any other ones since I have these um, they're already on two years with me and they've been working fine my Peltor contacts twos have been with me for four years and they're fine no differences no issues um, I bought a boom mic because I heard they sucked so the boom mic that I came with the headset still working properly fine uh, for my contact threes same thing no issues uh, reliability is through the roof battery life is good just make sure you take out the battery on those if you do purchase some contacts because you don't want to corrode the post that will give you like another big issue there um, so yeah uh, when I come back we will be jumping onto your CCW portion of like gear a little bit more um, and then at the end we'll talk about shoes and all that other fun stuff alright guys I'll be right back alright guys well we're back let's get started on this uh, gear portion for your CCW <clears throat> so as far as it goes when it comes to concealed carrying there really isn't much gear that I'll bring with me. Um, I've seen all these videos where these guys are pretty much carrying like a, you know, multi-tool kit. They're carrying chem lights. They're carrying flashlights. They're carrying like 50 different knives. And then if they shoot someone, they have like a portable CT scanner in the trunk. And then they also have like a portable x-ray machine so they can get everything done themselves. Um, but for me, it's it's very very um, travel light kind of thing, <clears throat> and the only reason why I say it is because, in, in my perception or through my perception in my eyes, I feel like this whole EDC thing is taken out of context, and it's like horrifically, um, dramatically exaggerated, like. A multi-tool is always something cool to have, especially on your person. But do you really need it? Mm, no. Um, it's cool. Like I carry a bunch of tools in the car um, in case, like, a, I need to switch out a tire. I need to change a light bulb on the car. I can do everything on the fly. You get what I'm saying? But I'm not gonna carry a big ass cherry picker in the car in case I need to take out the engine because it blew. Or I'm not gonna carry a big ass jack so I can lift up the car because I have a flat tire you get what I'm saying it's the stupidity that this culture has bred especially when it comes to EDC and we're not talking about electric daisy carnival because fuck raves but it's the fact that you don't need to carry so much crap on you in order to live day by day you get what I'm saying and I know you get what I'm saying. But 
what is essential you know besides your spare magazines a knife maybe a backup knife and a flashlight all right cool that's susceptible but you don't need 50 pens 50 memo pads uh what else have you seen people like chem light like what are you gonna do you're gonna throw an ir so the helicopter can see where your target is you know you're gonna break the chem stick and just chuck it across the fucking field or across the street after you killed somebody in a shootout no you're not and in reality you don't need it <clears throat> so all that is excessive to me um i personally carry my firearm my holster and a few magazines the number of magazines is none of your business but i do carry enough to sustain myself in a firefight with multiple with like multiple targets um and then it also varies like where you live you know for you guys that live in suburbia and you commute to the urban jungle you guys don't need 50 flashlights and all that other junk because technically an urban dwelling is very lit unless you live in the middle of like the boonies where in some places electricity is still scarce right you live in LA you live in Riverside you live in San Bernardino San Diego uh, Bakersfield wherever most of those areas are very well lit now I get a lot of pushback from people when I'm having this discussion in person that say well you need the flashlight bro because you're not gonna flash someone and flag them with your barrel at the same time well here's the problem why the hell would I be in a dark ass alley or why the hell would I even park in the darkest area of the parking lot well you never know bro the light could go out underneath you okay granted right the the power light went out and I'm in complete darkness now I'm approaching my vehicle and someone's coming up to me first off if I can hear you approach me and if you guys would go back to episode one to volume one you guys will hear me say that I give myself a big time proximity space I don't like people near me at all call it paranoia call it whatever the hell you want I just don't want people being so close to me especially if I don't know you so for that reason is like why would I allow someone to approach me in a dark parking lot if the power was to go out why would I let them approach me you know if you're if I'm at the back of my car and you're coming to the front of my car I'll stop you right then and there and given the fact that the situation involves a dark parking lot my hands already on the my pistol gripping it you get what I'm saying and as if you approach any closer, I don't have a problem flagging you with a barrel. It drives the point home that it's fucking dark and you shouldn't be approaching people. You know, especially if you're trying to do it all quietly. Like, what are you, a moron? You're, Of course you're asking to get shot. Of course you're asking to get your ass beat to get stabbed. That's just common sense. And people lack it, but people shouldn't lack it. And if they lack it, they need a reminder that common sense that common sense exists. You know what I'm? You understand? Like, you can't 
do stupid shit like that and expect to get away with it. Because eventually you're going to run into me. You know, or you're going to run into someone like me. You know, I might not draw right away and pull the trigger, but someone else will. And I'm not saying, I'm never going to say someone else might. I'm going to say someone else will because there is that one person that's going to be a little way overboard on paranoia. Someone's going to come up to them and be like, can I have some change? And the guy's just going to draw an open fire. Now we're going to have another cool trial to watch on the news. So that's my take on EDC. Your weapon should always have a weapon light. All my pistols have weapon lights. And I really don't care if I flag you with the barrel of my gun. If you're approaching me in a dark setting, you're going to get flagged with a barrel. Now, if something comes out of the barrel, the choice is on that person. I mean, whatever your decision is to approach me, that's on you. Right? If you're trying to rob me, oh, well, pop, pop, and now you're dead. You get what I'm saying? Uh, and then touching on the subject, when it comes to like holsters, I don't care what you carry or where you carry. Uh, there are some truths to a lot of things though. You have to acknowledge the fact that if you're carrying on your back, like three, like four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, and someone takes you down, you're gonna get your gun smashed onto your back. Now, if it fucks up your back, that's on you. But you have to recognize the fact of where you carry. It might have its benefits. It might have its cons. The downfalls on it, like I said, if someone drops you with a lot of pre with a lot of force and you fly straight down to the ground, that gun can easily be driven into your spine and affect your disc. Or affect something, one of your bones on your actual lumbar, thoracic, you know, or on your coccyx. Some of you guys carry guns on your back and you guys carry your pants halfway down your ass. Like, what, you don't think I noticed just because you're wearing a 3XL shirt? I noticed. I can see that talent part of it or the beaver tail sticking out. I personally carry appendix. Or I might carry... At a, in between 2 and 3 o'clock depending on what I'm carrying the day or what I'm wearing um, my preferred holster brands that I can give out to you when it comes to your CCW is uh, Tier 1 Conceal uh, TXC Holsters and barely T-Rex Arms um, and I'll tell you guys why in a second but those are the only brands that I can recommend to you brands that I don't recommend at all to anybody not even my worst enemy it would be uh, Vetter Holsters G-Code Holsters Alien Holsters those all suck um, Vetters it's uh, how do I say it it's not very friendly towards the user, especially if you're a big guy. Um, and you can tell like it's a mass produced thing. Like they want to make it seem on their commercials that you see on YouTube or wherever 
that it's done like every single one is done individually. It's mass produced individually, yes, but it's mass produced. It goes through a cookie cutter at the end of the day. Um, now, the only reason why I said that T-Rex Arms barely makes it is because I bought their Raptor holster and I didn't really like it. It was a little bit better quality than Vetter's. And out of all the three horrible brands that I named, Vetter's is the best one. But in between T-Rex Arms and Vetter's, T-Rex Arms just has a little bit more quality to it. And the reality is that it's easy to like modify. I understand a lot of you guys are like, nah, there's no way, you know, Kydex is a pain in the butt. Uh, not really. I mean, the, the Kydex on T-Rex arms, it was easy for me to just use regular medical shears and cut to fit them and then sand it down. And I even did some modifications to make sure that it wasn't creating such strong pressure points as in comparison to the Vetter's holster. And it was cool. It was cool. It was my favorite holster for a while. And I was actually carrying a few, my 19 and my P320 in them. Uh, when I found out about Tier 1 Conceal, it was when I was now looking for... Uh, I was looking for something to carry both my pistol and my mag up appendix. And I bought uh, Axis Elite. Now, the Axis Elite from Tier 1 Holsters... Um, or Tier 1 Conceal Holsters... It's actually one of the best quality holsters I've owned. Um, second to that is my TXC holsters. Now, those are also great. I love them. I love both companies. They're very comfortable. The Kydex is uh, not as rough in texture as it is compared to like T-Rex arms. Uh, the only thing that separates the two between Tier 1 Conceal and TXC is the fact that um, <laughs> is the way they build their holster. So the Axis Elite, it's a little bit more, you know, gut friendly. Like you're able to push, like spread out the both the magazine carrier and the pistol carrier a little bit more further apart. Or I should say your pistol holster a little bit more apart. You know, it gives you that option since it has the actual um, the nylon rope. And I don't know why I'm forgetting it right now, but. Since it has that option, you're able to thread it through or loosen it up and spread it a little bit more and make it more comfortable to fit you. Of course, everybody says, well, you know, this probably comes with the belt, bro. Yeah, well, I've owned various belts, and, you know, as we're coming into this part of the segment, it does tie in together. Um, for my belt, for concealed carrying, I have core, and I have a Hanks belt. Um, for some odd reason, my Hanks belt didn't last as long. Uh, just because it's leather and maybe because I'm, I sweat a lot, it, the leather started getting warped. The retainment wasn't as... Uh, it wasn't as stiff as it used to be. So I got a core belt. The core belt was a little bit cheaper, you know, but um, a year in with my core belt and it holds perfectly fine, still stiff as hell. And I have no complaints about it, but if you are looking for a concealed carry belt, 
Hanks Belts or Core Belts. Those are the two companies that I would recommend for you guys, especially as you're coming on board. Um, and for holsters, when it comes to your concealed carry, uh, TXC holsters and Tier 1 Conceal holsters. I know they're pricey, but you're paying for the quality, not the quantity. Alright. Um, if you have questions, well, for the range, that's a whole different part. Uh, there's a lot of battle belt companies out there. Some of the most reputable battle belt companies are uh, Blue Force Gear, uh, Ronin Tactics, Eagle Industries, and Feral Concepts. I do understand that there's a belt out there made in coalition with LBT and another group, uh, some kind of Navy SEAL retired group. I'm not sure what the name is, um, but I was reading up on it. I think it was like, nah, I can't remember. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you guys are looking for a belt that's going to fit you guys and it's going to handle all your needs in terms of carrying your gear like your IFAC, your holster, your... Uh, magazine pouches favorite ones of all time is the ramen task force belt and the eagle industries operator gun belt and the only reason why I love these belts is because both of them come with inner belts that web right around your actual um, belt loops on your jeans or combat pants whatever the fuck you're wearing and they actually hold true to you especially if you have a good belt on your jeans already you just loop the inner belt around your belt then you bring your combat belt or your battle belt and you just clip it on and you're good to go and it actually holds really sturdy and that's what I love about that um, for holsters and in terms of the range uh, I don't want to be mean but I only use Safari Lamb and I know I understand that they're super expensive. Even used nowadays are expensive. Once again, thank you, Lucas Bakins, for fucking that up. Um, but yeah, I mean it's super expensive now to get a Safari Land holster, whether it's new or used. I've heard that you're actually better off getting a used holster or a brand new one because of the prices they're only like about twenty dollars difference and I mean twenty dollars you know it, it might buy you like a tank of gas or half a tank of gas or maybe a quarter tank of gas in California but um, yeah I'd rather save the twenty bucks and buy it used you know unless it's, it's something that I can get like in a specific color like flat dark, flat dark earth or multi-cam then yeah I'll just buy a brand new um, but yeah, for my Glock, my SIGs, my FNs, I have nothing but uh, but Safari Lamp. And have I spent a pretty penny on it? You bet. I mean, because you know I have the quick release system, um, and they're all they're all red dot uh, red dot bearing and light bearing holsters. So of course they're not cheap, but like I said, you know, I'm never going to sell you guys and every have you guys buy some cheap shit that you guys are only going to use once or twice and never use again. Another reputable brand, and this time it's T-Rex Arms. They actually make pretty good holsters. Uh, retention, eh, not really. 
you know um, you can tie in them but I mean there's nothing better than having like your Safari land ALS locking system because it's automatic you just it locks in place and you actually do need retention you know you don't want to fall on your ass and out flies your gun uh, which I should have also should have said that and I should have covered that in the uh, CCW portion of it is that both uh, Q, uh, TXC and tier 1 conceal have great retention Safari land also has great retention great adjustments and I really shouldn't be talking shit on them because they make a good they make good products they don't make the greatest but they make adequate products for CCW um, I have not used their new site card so I can't speak on it I don't know if any of their newer uh, inside waistband holsters are any better or their quality has changed but uh, as far as it goes with everything else like that was my experience you know so yeah uh, so let's talk about shoes no just kidding um, let's talk about other equipment if we're going back to the helmet part I understand that I didn't cover a lot of it um, but if you need accessories for your helmets also make it a mission specific base like what is your objective or what are you doing you know for example my helmet has uh, unity sparks in case I need to turn on the light onto my helmet as a designator hit I have uh, I have them in different colors they're super inexpensive and that's what I like about them I mean Technically, I'm not in the military, and I'm not fighting in some kind of militia. You know, I'm, I'm just an enthusiast that loves guns, that loves the gear, that loves, you know, knowing how to operate in gear. So if I need to do any night shoots, of course, I'm going to buy a spark, just something to mark myself for everybody else. You get what I'm saying? Some people want to have, like, the SS Manta or the Hellfire, the Star Hellfire um, beacon. And in reality, dude, you don't need that. You're not fucking SF. You're not being dropped out of an airplane. You're not being even, you're not helo rating anything. You're just a fucking LARPer. Calm your tits. You don't need a SNS Manta or a Hellfire. You don't need to spend $350 on a little strobe light. Uh, as far as it goes for lights, uh, I don't have any surefires on my helmet. Um, the fact is because my helmet's usually going to, anything on my helmet is usually going to break. And it sucks that I have nods on them because I don't want them to break. But the truth is the truth. You know, it's on my head. If I fall head first, what's going to hit my nods? If I fall to the side, what's the first thing that's going to break or hit or damage my light? So I used to have a Princeton light on my helmet. I had it right through the arc rails. I ended up chucking that shit out and I ended up putting a one engine diameter circle or light holder. And I bought a cheap coast light from Home Depot. I fit it in there because the diameter of it is actually a one inch. Tying the fuck up 
and that's what I use to navigate in the darkness if I'm not throwing down my nods. For the back pouch, I see a lot of you guys not running nods, and you guys have the Mohawks, like the ones from the Night Vision Company. I have their Night Vision Company one. I have my PVS-14 battery pack there, and I'm running a cable through the whole thing um, using Velcro on my where my patches are supposed to go. So that's how I run that. Do I have a camera? No. Would I like to have a Mohawk? Sure. It'd be cool to give you guys some dope-ass content of me shooting in the range, you know, with a Mohawk on my helmet. But I don't. Will I get one if I have sponsors and I'm making money on this? Sure. Other than that, I'm just trying to run this podcast with whatever I have on or whatever I have available to myself or whatever funds I'm able to spare. Um, but if you guys want to see content, you guys want to see all this dope, cool stuff, Sure, I would like to bring it to your guys' uh, mobile phones through social media or whatever, but I, I'm not going to do it all by myself. I have a house to pay for, I have a wife, I have things to take care of, I have a lot of responsibilities. This is more like my hobby, this is something that I enjoy doing, this is something that I want to do, like I said, to change public opinion, to change the mentality of all these people that own firearms in California, and to get rid of like that whole status quo culture that exists in the state that's the only reason why I'm doing this if it was to become something more of it that'd be great until then I'm not gonna be you know buying thousands of dollars in gear and not paying my fucking house bills or my house mortgage you know that's not gonna happen so if you guys want to see cool stuff like that donate to the podcast um, or support the podcast uh, monetarily because at the end of the day, this is all for you guys. It's not really for me. It's something that I wanted to do. something I wanted to help you guys out with and help change in the community. But if no one's really doing anything about it, am I really making any impact? If I'm not getting supporters, did I really make an impact at all? If people just want to continue in their own self-loathing ways, that's fine. I mean... That's cool, man. I have a few listeners that I know that keep following the podcast, and thank you so much for your support that way. And the shit, I'd be easier to train 20 people or help out or have a discussion with 20 people than it would be to have a discussion with thousands of people that don't care. But yeah. Um, sorry, guys. I'm a little tired. Um When it comes to your shoes, I get really tired of seeing people rocking, um, and I said it before in episode three, I really get tired of you guys rocking hiking boots, or you guys are rocking Merrells, or Solomons, or Oakleys, or Under Armors, thinking that you guys are like top tier operators. <clears throat> Under Armour is mostly like a, shouldn't be a dick, but Under Armour is really like a cop thing, like Every cop I've seen rocks Under Armour. Every cop I've seen rocks 511. That's like even EMS. EMS always rocks 511. And um, to my EMS boys and uh, boys in blue, if I'm pissing you off, sorry, but I told you guys, get that cortisone ready because uh, I ain't stopping. Uh, but yeah, most of them are always rocking like 511, Under Armour. Oakley, it's a little bit more military. 
but same thing. It's so highly supported by police officers and boys in red, boys in blue, you know. <clears throat> and while they do have the best ballistic um, lenses out there, you can't, you cannot ignore the fact that there's other brands out there that bring the same thing to the table, if not more. Um, for example, you guys want really like high-end hiking boots that are dope, and I own one pair of, are Loas. The Loas Renegades GTXs. Those are the some of the greatest fucking boots I've ever owned in my life. I only have one pair, and I'll probably never buy another pair until those are done. I have Merrells. I have the Chameleons. I have the MOABs. Not the second ones, just the first ones. And I have the Solomons. Uh, fuck, I gotta look at my box. Well, I have the Solomons. It's not the. It's not the new ones. They're actually really old. They're like a generation or two old, and they're cool too, man. I mean, I like them, but they don't beat my Loas. My Loas are fucking comfortable, um, and those are actual like top operating, top tier um, shoes. Those are the hiking shoes they wear. You know. Um, wearing Under Armour and all that just makes you super fucking cliche. I get it if you're into sports, but if you're like 300 pounds and you have this house don't run or we protect this house, right, dude, chill the fuck out. Calm down, big boy. You ain't doing shit. Uh, so, yeah, uh, primarily I just wear Vans. I'm not even going to bullshit you guys. I'm not going to say, oh, I wear this and that. No. I wear Vans. Unless I'm going to go hiking with my wife and the dogs, I'm not putting on any fucking hiking boots. I wear Vans. I have the classic skate highs, and that's what I love wearing. They're super comfortable. They're little booties, and <clears throat> they're awesome to sneak around in the house in. I've been training with my skate highs since I started training in the house, and honestly, I can move around the house quiet as hell. I can even move around in Crocs quiet as hell. That's dope. But nothing beats barefoot. But if I am dressed in the house and I have to, and I train like is the scenarios breaking down me being dressed in my house, good old skate highs. Right? I bet you guys didn't expect that one. Uh, yes, it's true. Navy SEALs do use Converse. Don't be buying Converse because you think you're a Navy SEAL. Bitch, relax. No one wears Converse anymore unless you're a fucking hipster. <laughs> or one of those sensitive fucks. But yeah, uh, that's what I wear. Regular skate highs. Even for the range, I wear skate highs. I don't fucking switch on to my, you know, Altalamas or Altalamas and uh, pretend I'm fucking SEAL Team 6 shooting up all the cardboard paper out there. Nope. Just regular good old Vans skate highs. Vans, you guys want to sponsor me? I'm so fucking down. Um, what else? Other equipment that I see a lot being portrayed as useful is uh, backpacks. Uh, sorry. It just irritates me that I see Lucas Bakken's wearing like fucking Fortnite backpacks and he's cute and trying to set a trend. But he's right, you know, your backpack should be very inconspicuous. Like, it should just uh, sneak right past you. You should, should never even draw attention to the fact that you might have a firearm <clears throat> in your backpack. Uh, 
so that's food for thought but uh, for gear hauling things some of the great backpacks that I actually own are Eagle Industries uh, the Yodi or it's called the beaver tail and yes I do have that in AOR 2 and AOR 1 I also have the LBT uh, backpacks I have a lot of their backpacks actually I'm not gonna lie they're actually really comfortable they're really cool backpacks um, good padding to them I carry my AR in there of course disassembled ATF you know not like a short barrel or anything um, I also carry my pistol in there when I need to go somewhere like I'll throw it in there real quick and if I'm not like in if I don't have my holster with me I'm just like why don't you have your holster because it's in the backpack with the gun and I'm wearing like scrub pants or some shit you know so I'll carry that in there but it's really rare when I do I mean it's usually like if I have to do something after work I'll stop by the house have the backpack already there throw the backpack in the car and take off right away you know other than that I really don't use backpacks for hiking um, the Eagle Industries ones that I own do just fine I can carry my Jif my celery sticks my apples um, the cold slice of pizza that I munch on because all you guys buy all this fucking manly bear man foods and think you guys are the shit I just throw a cold piece of you know New York pie in there and I'm set I don't need to be buying all this like oh powder eggs powder meatloaf no bro it's just a cold slice of pizza and saran wrap in the back a packet of Jif some celery sticks and apple slices in a baggie and I'm good to go for the rest of the day also not to mention your water so let's talk about uh, wrist wear that's something I don't think we have covered yet in the podcast um, in terms of your equipment so for wrist wear we have like a lot of things you know we have your watches we also have these GPS systems or GPS units that you can use while mounting onto your wrist uh, most popular in the tactical world for watches you have G-Shock you have some Casio which is also G-Shock um, there's some Timex and you have your very popular garments and smart watches uh, just like your iPhone or your iWatch I should say right um, and they all come with different things they all come with different features uh, although in my personal opinion um, if you're not really gonna be jumping out of airplanes, setting up uh, attack sites, or even getting coordinates for like artillery fire, I don't see your need for a Garmin watch that would be high end, considering your Tactics Deltas, ta uh, Tactics Series, I should say Tactics, um, because you know they make the the Bravo, the Charlie, and the Delta now. Um, and those are really expensive watches, you know. On the civilian market, they can easily go for like eight to $900. Even, you know, for the Delta, for the Charlie and the Bravo, you're looking anywhere between like 300 to 400 and something dollars, even up to $600, uh, depending on the condition of them. I do understand that there are the civilian market ones. Like, I personally own a Phoenix uh, 5 Sapphire, and i personally fine with my watch. I don't have any issues with it. I really don't use all the features on it. I am able to get the face or the watch faces for 
from the tactics uh, models and at the same time I don't have a real need for them I'm kind of outdoorsy I'm not outdoorsy where I'm like day or like backpacking through the PCT or anything like that you know I'm barely climbing my first peaks and I still don't have a need for them I do carry like an S uh, SOS beacon GPS module and it's not a it's not a Fortrix it is a it is a Garmin you know and that's something that I see a lot of people purchasing and I ask myself well some of you guys are not outdoorsy at all do you guys really need it I think a Casio will suffice for that um, there's no need for you guys to run out there and be spending four or five hundred dollars on a watch that you're never going to use all its features in you get what I'm saying same thing for the Fortrix the Fortrix it was actually like the 401 model which is one of the most sought after models because of the fact that you're able to just pack batteries into it rather than having a electrical plug or like a power bank needing to charge it because it has lithium-ion batteries built in you know the 401 Fortrex it's really useful if you're hiking not if you're gonna have mom drop a care package from a drone you know onto the backyard while you and your buddies are out there shooting targets in the backyard with airsoft BBs it's different usage different benefits but they're meant for different types of people. Um, if you're just gonna be in the backyard LARPing or you're gonna be chilling having a beer in full tactical gear while you're watching SEAL Team with your wife's boyfriend, that's a whole different story. You know, a, a Casio, the that Casio, but uh, a Casio or a G-Shock should suffice this. G-Shock the G-Spot, right? Um, but if you're gonna jump into like more active uh, Garmin makes one I think it's called the instinct tactical and we're right here at my secret laboratory and we're gonna look into it right now I think it is called the instinct tactical and I'm actually spelling tactical yeah so yeah um, the Garmin instinct tactical it's really rugged it looks like the first gen G-Shock um, or actually no it should be like the second or third gen is the ones that came out like really fat and bulky it looks exactly like that and you're looking at prices running around from 299 and up um, so yeah I mean that's one of your best outdoor watches that I personally would purchase if it was up to me um, because I don't feel the need that I would need anything bigger than that I have my Phoenix my Phoenix I got it because I got it on a really sweet deal so I just jumped on it um, and honestly I have nothing to complain about I mean I love this watch to death I do have an iWatch I use that strictly for work uh, it's a serious one I've never purchased another iWatch again unless it was for my wife but yeah um, I think a lot of you guys play into this whole part that you need a tactics delta or something of the sort like an actual tactics you know uh, for the Fortrex, once again, unless you're hiking, I do see the need for it. Other than that, I don't. I think most people don't even need to have it on them. I understand it looks cool if you put it on your vest and it's on, or it's on your armband and you think you're like fucking SEAL Team 6. That's your thing. All right, cool. You know, more power to you for being able to afford it at such a steep price at what they're asking for nowadays. Because in some instances, you can find a 401 
almost at the same price of a 601 or a 701 and that's kind of ridiculous you know that everybody's just hyping this thing up just to look the part you know and hey so Christmas is around the corner it's gonna be December 7th when this episode is released probably sooner I'm not sure I'm working on that right now um, so this is a big list of things for you guys to look into especially you guys want to do some shopping or have your mom buy you something or your dad buy you something or both of them buy you something you know usually it's a sweeter deal when you're 32 and mom and dad are still fighting for your love because they've been divorced for 16 years um, you know that's kind of cool if you guys have that um, what was it called if you guys have that privilege right because nowadays I guess everything's considered by privileges or whatever the, the hell it is but yeah if not have your wife you know you can drop that list into your wife's lap or your wife's boyfriend's lap and you know hopefully they will get you something nice for this upcoming Christmas uh, the real thing though is something that I do want to express and I'm gonna take advantage of it right now in this episode because it's so close to the holiday season is that remember there's a lot of VA there's a lot of veterans out there that are going through a rough time right now you know every holiday season again it sucks for our mental health population especially for our vets that have gone through so much and they feel that our country has not given them back enough or didn't give them the fair treatment they deserve when they got back home from fighting out there in that damn sandbox so if you see a vet in need please do me a favor and help out a vet in need uh, if you know guys are going through some financial hardships trying to make magic happen for their children and they have tactical gear laying around feel free to make an offer to purchase it I'm sure they wouldn't want to sell their heirlooms but you know they need the help and they're too stubborn to ask for help just buying some gear from them might be a noble way of helping them out um, if you have buddies that were in the military and for some reason shit went haywire while they were away you know they lost their families or anything like that check on your homies make sure that you check on your buddies during this holiday season um, because it's rough you know it's rough it's a time that we as Americans have been taught to spend it really well with our families to have good times and good memories but unfortunately not all of us are with that luck of actually being able to so check on your homies check on your boys make sure they're good and it shouldn't be just for the holidays if they're your boys and they're your day ones and they are really close to you they're in that tight circle of yours you should be checking on them constantly not just because all of a sudden some guy is saying it over you know your Spotify account to tell you hey go ahead and check on this guy hey, I'm gonna go check on him no you guys should be checking on your boys that's the only way we find out how people are doing we usually a lot of shit catches us by surprise and I get it we're all busy in different times different ways but if you check on your peeps that's a good way of keeping up with them letting know you truly care and you really are part of that close circle that they consider you in um, and also guys if you guys are having going through some rough times I get you so am I you know it kind of sucks that we have built such a materialistic culture around this time when it should really be about family being thankful for having those around us making sure they're all in good health and great spirit you know the last thing you want to hear is one of your family members found them was like found it inside of their damn closet hanging or found inside their house hanging somewhere you know all that shit you have to bring it into account let the let all that materialistic bullshit go through the go through to the breeze and make sure you guys check on your people 
right? To all my buddies out there that are listening, I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you guys are having fun. You're enjoying these holiday times with your loved ones. And if you guys haven't seen me, I'm still here. I'm doing all right. I hope you guys are doing us well. Wish you guys the best. Until next time, America.